Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast. We're your host, Lisa. And Kevin. And on today's episode, we are talking about encouraging other people to homestead. Let's get started. Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. Come along with us on our journey from a small suburban homestead lifestyle to our new lifestyle homesteading in the rural countryside of Southern Arizona. We'll share with you our tips, tricks, successes, and failures from both our past suburban lifestyle to our new rural lifestyle, all on the Two Acre Homestead. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. So we have had a very, we've had just a very interesting weekend as of the recording of this podcast. Um, This past weekend, we had the privilege of helping some people learn how to butcher their own chickens. What did you think about that? Um... Bantams are different. <laughs> so, you know, we've done Cornish Cross mainly. Mm-hmm. We now have um, Speckled Sussex that we'll eventually do. But yeah, um, Bantams, most of them were Bantams. And I thought our leghorns were small. They were very, very tiny. I've had chicken quarters that are bigger than these birds. Okay, so all of that to say that um, there were some people local here to our area who wanted to learn how to process their own chickens. Now, somewhere along the way, they had been sold on the idea of growing bantam chickens. And I believe, what is it, turkey long neck chickens? Um which have nothing to do with turkeys, but uh, they were convinced to raise these particular birds. And um, one of them, one of the persons, she's new to homesteading and she was sold on getting a straight run. What she didn't know is that when you get chicks, either from like a, a, a store, like a tractor supply or um, even if you're ordering them online from a hatchery and you order a straight run, what's called a straight run, you're mostly going to be getting roosters. And that's what she had. She had a lot of roosters. So it was interesting um, trying to teach them how to dispatch their chickens Um I have to say it was it was really I'm the one who does the the viscerating of the chickens when we process our chickens. Um Kevin is the harbinger of death. <laughs> Thank you for being so kind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I am the one who does the viscerating and um you know I don't have very tiny fingers but I you know I have normal size fingers for a female. And um, 
I have to say it was really difficult <laughs> trying to get into the cavity of such a teeny tiny little thing and pulling out everything. So it was, it was very, it was very enlightening to say the least. Yeah. And they were harder. <laughs> the other thing I was just remembering this. So we only have one cone. Um, I think I said the last time when we did this, what, a few months back that we should get maybe at least one or two more cones. Yeah. Guess what size cone I had? Extra large. Extra large. <laughs> and when we did the Cornish cross, what they were averaging six to seven pounds. Right. And um, I actually. Frankenstein. Franken chickens. And they as were huge. Right. As it is, this XL cone, I had to get out some, what, tin snips and mm -hmm. cut a good, I don't know, inch two off the end, off the bottom part where you pull the chicken head out. And um, yeah, so imagine now the bantams are almost basically they, falling through. They basically fell through, yeah. So I think I've learned from that. I think I'm going to get maybe at least, a, <laughs> I don't know, a few sizes or two sizes well, at least. Well, traditionally, right? we usually keep two. We, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean, we keep two cones. Um for processing chickens, but you know, I think the last one they were, or, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were, they were pretty small, but anyway, and then, but, but oh. I learned. So, so one of the people that was there wanting to learn, had them hold the, uh, the feet for me. So that way they could mm -hmm. kind of pull a little bit that way there was a little bit of resistance. So that, yeah. that helped. Yeah. Anyway, but it was, it was a, I thought it was a fantastic experience. Yep. Because it gave us the opportunity to help other people learn about where their food comes from and how they can, you know, do it themselves. Right. And, you know, I was thinking it's not just the technique. It's not just the um, setup, the equipment. I mean, you, we've done it without the, the chicken plucker, but it definitely helps. Right. So we used it, of course. Um but it's not just the technique. The other thing is, is it's the mindset. Right. Because I could see there was a little bit of hesitation, right? Yes. Because, you know, I was explaining that, you know, you have to have a certain mindset when you're going to call an animal like that because mm -hmm. it's, um, what do we say? It's business, right? You're, you're thinking, I'm going to be putting this animal on my plate so I can feed myself, so I can feed my family. And that's what it's about, right? So yeah, and one of the persons that was there, I uh, she had a a little bit of a difficult time with one of the chickens. She had named the chicken and had formed, you know, a genuine attachment to that particular rooster, but she knew that rooster had to go because she had because of her flock. She just had. She just needed to get rid of all of those roosters. I forgot. I think she had like 10 roosters or something like that. But, um, you know, and so that was, that was a little bit difficult for her because, you know, she, she watched you, she watched you dispatch that particular chicken, um, that particular rooster. And she was, you know, you could tell she was, she was, you know, trying to, to be, you know, strong about it. And it does take a lot. I mean, I've, you know, tried to explain to people, you know, 
processing day is not a fun day. It, it, it genuinely is not a fun day. Um, it's a hard day because you don't, you, you've raised these animals, but you know the eventuality. And, you know, and I looked at her because she asked me, she's, how do you, how do you get through this? And I said, the way I look at it is it starts from the day you get the animal on property. You mentally tell yourself, I am not attaching myself. This animal is going to be raised the correct way. It's going to be raised humanely. It's going to be dispatched humanely. And it's going to go to feed my family. I'm not going to form an emotional attachment to this particular animal. Um, And then on the day of processing, I tell myself mentally, every living creature, everybody, if Armageddon doesn't come, (laughs) every living creature is going to have at least one bad day. Yeah, well, it's coming, but yeah. Armageddon is coming, but every living creature, come Lord Jesus, but (laughs) every living creature is going to have one bad day. So, you know, the, the humane thing is, is to dispatch the animal as quickly as possible to the point where the animal does not know what's happened. So... It was really enlightening. One of the persons there said they didn't they didn't like it. It was a young guy, and he he's he's like I I don't think this is for me, but at least he tried, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and that's all you can do, right? I mean, the first time we ever did this, you know, we were learning along the way and didn't have some of the equipment. We were doing it more manual, right? And we were plucking by hand. We were plucking by hand chickens. I'll never and forget that. It took what? Ten, well, the first ones took about fifteen-ish minutes. Yeah. And I think we got better at it as we went along. Ten minutes or something. And then you crying get tired. all the way. Well, I wasn't crying. I was. <laughs> I crying. was. You weren't crying, but I was bawling but, my eyes out. You know, it's you get tired and right. Mm-hmm. So you learn. Um, but at the end of the day. It strengthens your resolve to know that, you know, hey, I'm I'm doing this for a reason and I've raised these animals and I'm not going to a grocery store where they've just been, you know, pumped with God knows what and sprayed down with all kinds of cleaners. And I mean, the reality of it is, is that when you buy food at the grocery store, those, uh, you know, let's just stick to chicken. Chicken is usually pumped with broth. Where does that broth come from? What's in it? You don't know. Then what most people don't know, and it's a dirty little secret in the meatpacking industry, but once that animal has reached the slaughterhouse and has been slaughtered, then the at least here in the United States, the USDA requires that the animal is sprayed down with either bleach or citric acid. I love how Joe Selton says the U.S. duh, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, those those are chemicals. Mm-hmm. Those are chemicals that are being put in your food. And people often wonder, you know, well, why, why do we have so much cancer? Why do we have so much insert 
health problem here. And, you know, people say, oh, well, meat is the problem. Meat is not necessarily the it's problem. It's the way that it's meat way- was raised. Exactly. It's the, because those chickens were, you know, wing to wing, but to to beak. You know, they they don't have any room to move. And we've seen things where, you know, cage-free is what's on the box, right? But, or on, or, well, that's the eggs. But, you know, yeah. you see they were, these chickens were raised humanely. What, they got an hour of sunlight that yeah, week right. or something? Mm-hmm. Anyway. But, it, you know, they, they're making up for the fact that these chickens were not raised in healthy conditions. Right. And that's why they're doing that. That's why they're using those, what, bleach and other things. So, getting... Keeping us back onto topic because I think we're like we're we're going off on a tangent here, but um, helping other people learning how to homestead, whether that's gardening, because you know homesteading can encompass so many different aspects of living. I mean, it can be from gardening to raising animals to selling meat, selling animals. Um, There's just, you know, sky's the limit, you know, homesteading is a mindset and it's homesteading is about being a producer and not a consumer. So, you know, it can be a lot of things, cheese making, soap making, um, all different sorts of things. But the point that I think we both wanted to make today was, is that, you know, do your best to reach out if you are already a homesteader or are already mostly on this journey and you have a skill set, try to help other people, especially where we are right now. You know, people are trying to, they're struggling putting food on their table. So learning different skills like learning how to garden. That's a that's a skill set that no matter where you go in this world, you will always be able to grow a garden and grow your own food. You'll always have that. But if you have somebody that can teach you that, you will be, especially if you have somebody that can teach you one-on-one and in person, that will fast track you as far as your skill level in your ability rather than just, you know, sitting down watching a bunch of YouTube videos and reading a bunch of books. But if you have somebody that it that is willing to be with you side by side teaching you how to do these skills, then that that is really just going to help your um community, you know, whatever you whatever that is for you, whatever community is for you. Um, and I was thinking too, it's not just side by side, but you might inspire them to do something. Row of sunflowers. Right. right? Exactly. I have a friend of mine. Um, she doesn't do anything homesteading, but, um, she, I, she loves sunflowers and, um, both her and I have a love of sunflowers. And so I didn't tell her anything about it, but I went ahead and planted, a row of sunflowers just for her. So they all started blossoming at the same time. So I hurried, cut them all down and brought them over to her. And she was really surprised. And I'm like, yep, this row was for you. And so, so she was like, wow. And 
it inspired her to ask for help with her um, herb garden. She's like, I really need to start growing more food. Can you help me with my herbs? What do you think about chives? Should I put chives here? Should I do, you know, and so, you know, it, it inspired her to do something else. So just little acts of kindness like that um, will really help somebody to be a little bit more, I hate to use the word or this expression, but a little bit more self-sufficient, um, a little bit more self-reliant, self-capable of producing food for themselves, whether it's something as simple as herbs or something as complex as a milking animal, you know, like a cow or, or a goat, you know, but something like that, that yeah. will help them. I mean, isn't that the kind of why we're doing this podcast too, right? We're trying to share our story. And sometimes it's like anything in life. Sometimes you just need a little push, right? Yeah. Or um, a little inspiration. A little inspiration, but it's it's action, right? Because mm -hmm. we can all read about something. We can dream about something. I think I read something today. Somebody posted something and it was along the lines of the difference between a dreamer and a doer is, you know, the the doer actually woke up from the dream and actually got out there and did it. You know, they yeah, actually put, put it in motion. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we're all at different stages and we still learn things mm -hmm. throughout what we do. So that's what it's about. And I think too, especially for those of those of us who have been homesteading for a little while, um, I think a lot of times we tend to shy away from wanting to help other people because I know we've been there where, you know, people are like, well, why would you do that? You know, or that's just odd that you would, why can't you just go to the, I've, I've literally had people look at me and say, why can't you just go to the store and buy your chicken? And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to. Well, and, and, and a guy <laughs> but, I had worked with said, well, isn't it cheaper to, you know, with eggs, isn't it cheaper? Yeah, but, mm -hmm. you know, he was very analytical. And I said, yeah, but, you know, looking at cost analysis is one decision you could make, but there's other factors like the health of it and other things. Right. right. So. But, you know, because people like us who have homesteaded for some time, we tend to, because we're, we're so different from everybody else. It's not the days of it being common for people to raise their own food have long since gone away. So, you know, people these days, they don't know that peanuts grow underground or that, you know, spaghetti grows on trees. <laughs> people don't know where their food comes from. Yep. And, and it's not necessarily their fault, but you know, if you are going to look at it from what is easier and what is harder yeah, it's easier just to go to the store. But what happens when the stores are closed? What happens what when happens they're shrinking when they're... the the different areas, right? We've hear, been hearing exactly. about this and seeing Exactly, shrinkflation. What happens shrinking... when there's inflation? But then they're shrinking the sizes of mm -hmm. the departments, right? Like it used to be a 25-foot section of, I don't know, lunch meat or whatever, and now it's 10 feet. And right. That's... And what happens when there's shortages? Mm -hmm. So... You know, this is probably the time for those of us who have 
you know, been kind of like looked down on or, you know, people look at you kind of weird, like, why would you, why would you do all of that? This is the time to help those who are interested in becoming a little bit more, I'm going to call it self-sufficient um, rather than self-reliant. I really hate that term, self-reliant, but, you know, a little bit more self-sufficient um, to be able to raise their own food, whether it's what whatever that looks like for them. Um, but this is the time because people are seeing that there are shortages you know, there's supply chain issues, there are food shortages. That's a reality. That's not fear mongering. That's, that's reality. I mean, when you go into a grocery store, and you see huge gaps, you know, just the other day, I was in Walmart, I, I ran in there really quick to get something. I hate Walmart. But it's like, there's either a Safeway or a Walmart here. And that's it. So you know, um, in our little town. So had to run into the Walmart and I just, just for curiosity's sake, went down where the, um, what was it? The bacon and the egg aisle was, and it was completely empty. I mean, it looked like, it looked like, you know, everybody in the town that we live in and maybe even other towns came and wiped everything out. It was completely empty. Um, I don't even think I've seen it that bad even during the pandemic. It was bad. Mm -hmm. And I just recently went back there again um, and same thing, just huge gaps, huge gaps. So, you know, the point is, is that if we can inspire other people in our hometown you know, where we live to, you know, face to face to help them learn how to grow their own food, be a little bit more self-sufficient. I think this is the time to do it um, because this is, people really need that right now. I agree. And, you know, it's nice to be able to help out too, because you're helping, like we said, inspire somebody else. You're helping to kind of share the things that motivate you. Um, why you're doing it. It goes back to the why. Why are we why are we doing this? What is our motivators? Is it health? Is it mm-hmm. I want to be in control of what the animals have eaten, mm-hmm. how healthy they are. Or I want to be in control of my food chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is it for us here at the Two Acre Homestead. We have a lot more content coming out. However, we do have a small announcement to make. So November 1st will be the end of season two. Um, And then we will be off for the rest of the year. So we, as of the recording of this, we are in mid-September. I can't believe it. So we've got a few more episodes to go. And then we're going to be answering your questions so stick around. We're not going anywhere. We hopefully will have another episode out for you next week. Um, and be sure to send your questions to Lisa at the two acre Yes. Or DM me through Instagram, which is actually my preference. 
Um, if you've got questions, we are looking for questions that you guys have. So DM me at inst- um, an Instagram at the Two Acre Homestead um, and just direct message me your questions and we will be answering them on a later podcast. Okay, so from all of us here to all of you out there, be safe and happy homesteading. Thanks for listening.